Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Being Voice. Today, we are going to catch up a bit with Antonio. It's been a while since I talked to him. And as you know, they are still working to select some partners to develop the twin platform. So today we'll find out more about that. Hello, Antonio. How are you doing? Except of being very, very busy. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Pedro. <laughs> Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, the end of the year has been an absolute nightmare of things flying around. But, you know, that's that's good. Having stuff to do is always better than having nothing to do and being super bored. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. What are you going to share with us today? Yeah, uh, today I bring you the presentation that we have shown in the interviews with the companies that have applied with to Twin, let's say. So I'm going to show you what we are proposing, the role that they will play, and how everything is going to work out next year. Can you give me some numbers? Just to recap a bit, how many companies have applied for this? Yes, as you know, Twin is going to be an open source decentralized alternative to the cloud solutions that we are already familiar with, such as Forge or iTwin. So instead of building that solution ourselves and then trying to make people use it, we want to build that solution together with different players from different places and also different sizes from the industry. So we announced that we were looking for 10 companies to take part in, in this project. We got 120 companies applying. We shortlisted some of them, around 30. We have interviewed all of them. We have already made a selection, which unfortunately I cannot reveal today, but don't worry because the names will be available soon. But I can tell you that from the 10 companies that we have selected, there are five companies that are global, over 50,000 employees each. 50? Yes, five of them, more or less, I would say. Or wow. four of them, yes. Okay, wow. But there are also small players, so not just big guys, but yes, we are very, very happy with, with the team that we are assembling. That sounds very, very exciting. And that means that actually we can reach a really, really huge audience with this. I'm really happy for this, Antonio. Yeah, yeah. We are also very happy, but the price has been, I believe, the busiest November of my life. But, but yeah, really good news. Amazing. Let's dive in. Yep, I will share my screen. And also I can tell you that at least one of these companies will be a surprise to many just to generate, uh, <laughs> to generate. You already made me start thinking to some names. And the first name comes to my mind is Autodesk. <laughs> but no, no, spoiler, spoiler, no, not Autodesk. Okay. But I'm sure that when we release the list, there will be more than one Christmas surprise for this year. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yes. So you can see my screen, right? Yes. Yeah, perfect. Can you, so, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Can you use GitHub for presentations now? No, no, no. I use Reveal.js, which is a super simple HTML tool to create yes. presentations. So you, you just download a bunch of files. Okay. And then you can create these kind of presentations. And if you upload the code to GitHub, GitHub allows you to free publishing of the, of <laughs> yeah, yeah, the code. Of and it's there, but it's just HTML using this uh -huh. tool. Uh -huh. Okay, cool. You yeah. really embrace JavaScript. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And another <laughs> another thing that I will show you today that probably you will be interested in is Timeline.js, another super easy to use JavaScript technology. I mean, this is super simple, nothing. And you can even, I mean, I think this is public, so you can go to my GitHub, I send you the link and you mm -hmm. see how I did it. But you can create this kind of timeline super easily and Wow, nice. Yep, yep. And they, are, they make the presentations more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, cool. the idea is that, as I told you, 
there were 120 companies that applied. Unfortunately, we had to shortlist them because we could not have 120 interviews. And the interview, each interview went like this. We made this presentation with last around 15 or 20 minutes, more or less. And after that, we had like 40 minutes to discuss. They had questions, we had questions, and we met each other, let's say. Met each other in terms of what do they want, what do we want, and so on. So I warn you that in the beginning, I will be a bit generic to give you a general overview because it's necessary to understand the project. Maybe many of the things that I will say now are yeah. very obvious to you and to many of your listeners, but it's necessary to have all this in mind in order to be on the same page when we talk about doing. So, you know, this is the name of our industry, architecture, mm -hmm. engineering, construction, operations, maintenance. And we never talk about DS from software, even though the software that is getting more and more digital is getting more and more dependent on software. And it's getting really hard to go to a construction event and not see software in each and every presentation directly or indirectly, right? The problem we have with software is that right now, unfortunately, the vast majority of technology is in the hands of a, re a reduced number of companies. And that has many problems for everyone. But of course, the, one of the biggest problems is that, you know, the software becomes expensive also because it's expensive for those companies to maintain all of their code base. Because when you maintain software, you need to deal with your own technical debt and with your own legacy. In the end, it's, it's, it's expensive. And many times the software that we have doesn't, you know, fit the needs of the users and companies that we have in the industry. Many times when you see any BIM lesson, it's how can I, you know, walk around these problems that I face <laughs> in order to get what I want with the tools that I have. But this is not like this in other industries. If you take a look at, say, the video game industry, the technology and the knowledge is available. And that means that even small companies of 10 people can get together and assemble uh, in the game that many times is able to compete on a level playing field with games that have been made by AAA companies, right? And that is very interesting because that populates the market with a very, very wide range of products of different qualities and, and prices. And everyone can make business in that market and everyone can not only the, 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 the sellers can, can find their place, but also the buyers, they can really find what fits their need in terms of amusement and enjoyment of the video game, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea is what if we had the same in the, in the construction industry? What if the day of tomorrow, anyone could easily create any BIM application that would be able to compete on a level playing field in the BIM software market? And the way that the video game industry achieves this is because they have what they call video game engines, which are simply a bunch of technology that solve the biggest problems of making a video game. The hardest problems are already solved by Unreal Engine, Unity, Godot, etc. So that you can just take that technology and focus just on the features that add value to your business, which in games mean character design, storyline or storytelling, whatever, all that. You don't need to worry about things like um, making a, an efficient 3D engine or making an efficient physics engine or MPC, AI, uh, tree behavior, whatever. No, no, no. That is solved so that you can just take it and use it in a very, very simple manner. So 
probably you and also your listeners are familiar with this. This is IFCJS, the project that I started some time ago in my free time as a pet project. You know, basically a project that allows me to create 3D BIM software with ease, embed it in a browser and see properties, edit the IFC, clipping planes, dimensions, and so on. This started long time or two years ago, more or less, but the project started become more, more serious in February 2021, more or less. And from March 2022, we realized that if we really wanted to have an impact, we needed to scale the project and to start generating money to accelerate the development of everything and also to provide a better experience to the people using the service. So more or less in five months, we have managed to raise over $100,000 and the forecast for next year is $1 million. In the end, the system that we came up with is very simple. We are creating free and open technology that generates an interest in the industry to learn how to use that technology, to learn to code, to become BIM software developer and so on. And that has allowed us to create an educational platform where people pay in exchange for knowledge. And then we use that money to use to create bounties, which is the list of tasks that need to be done within the project. Instead of doing everything ourselves, we just make it public so that anyone can say, hey, I'm going to help you with the project and they get paid for it. And that, of course, makes the technology grows and that increases the interest in education and so on. So this is the educational platform that we created this year. This is something that I think literally we, we, we did in a couple of afternoons. So it was speedrun or lean, depending on how you see it. But this is probably going to grow a lot next year, like really a lot. And yeah, the, here we have some of the courses that we are we have made so far. And this is the bounties part where any, anyone can come and help the project and they get paid for their time. Of course, some of the tasks are easier and they are cheaper and others are a bit let's say harder and they offer more money and the majority of them of course are code but not all of them are code anecdotally one guy managed to make three thousand dollars in one weekend helping us in the project just making bounties and wow. now there's much more people helping us with this so this is great and we hope to see this grow more and more so in the end we see that the main problem is that in the BIM software industry, there's two kinds of players, aside from the big guys. Player number one, the small slash medium BIM software company that needs to make, because the technology is not available or is a bit green yet, including IFCJS, they need to make the whole thing themselves. And that means a lot of effort, a lot of code, and usually they are not able to compete with the bigger players. And even if they're able to do or come up with something interesting, many times they get acquired because that's how companies work, right? On the other hand, you see the open source initiatives, including IFCJS, and of course they are very commendable, but the problem with those initiatives is that because usually they don't get much money, the possibility that they have to build a critical mass and succeed is really, really something you cannot control. Of course, 3JS did it, Godot did it, but how many projects died on the way? How many projects weren't able to do it? Maybe there were yeah. 100 or 1,000 projects. And how much time did they need to do that? 10 years, 15 years? Yeah. So it's something really slow and really, in my opinion, something that doesn't depend not even on the quality on the code. Many times it depends on other factors. So mm -hmm. we think that we can really find a sweet spot between both worlds that we can probably make something that makes money like a company make business and to make the whole thing sustainable and to be able to ensure a minimum quality on 
the development speed of the code, issue solving, and so on, but also keep everything for free. Keep all the technology, all the code free and open so that anyone can use it without paying anything. So this is the first rebuild. Next year, we will use the same system that we applied to IFCJS, and we will apply it to other open source projects in the construction industry so that we will take people that until now have been working mainly on their free time, like Garrett Johnson, the, the guy that worked 10 years at NASA. We will give him a lot of money so that he can create bounties or perhaps even work full time on what they do if they want to. Our goal is that the code that they would have developed in 10 years, now they will be able to develop it in one or two years. So we will become the biggest accelerator of open source technology. And of all this will be supported by education, which means that probably there will be a platform where we will teach people and at the same time, we will support the creators. And this is great because this will solve the two biggest bottlenecks that we have detected in the industry which is the lack of developers, because we are teaching people, we are convincing people to become BIM software developers, and also the lack of technology. But this is sometimes not enough, and this is where Twin comes in. Sometimes just open source libraries do not suffice. People want something that is plug and play, like a video game engine. Like you take it, it's high quality, everything is done, and you plug it and you can start selling or use it internally right away. And the idea is that Twin will be, let's say, a service or a platform fitted by all the open source technology that we are accelerating in the platform side of things. And by the way, Twin is also going to be open source. I'm going to go back to this later, but yeah. And probably that means that we are not just going to be another open service on the web. We are going to be the open service because if the day of tomorrow, another open source alternative to Forge shows up, they won't be supported by the biggest BIM software developer of the web community in the world. Of course, this community of people will also be benefit from all the revenue that this service will generate. Regarding the features of Twin, of course, all present and future IFCJS features ready to be used out of the box without any configuration, just working. Beam tiles is something that we have been secretly working on for the last months, which consists on the idea that we can open a Beam model the same way that Google Maps open geographics data instead of opening the whole model at once, like when you open Revit and it takes 20 minutes to load a model, we can just open the things that are visible from the point of view of the user. And that mm -hmm. means that we can open very, very big, like multi-gigabyte files uh, in seconds, because we don't need to load the whole thing. We just load the things that the user sees, which, I mean, it makes no difference to the user because they see yeah. like the whole building. It's like, what do you see? This is not a phone. This is half the phone. So we just need to load like that percentage of a building that is visible. And it's almost finished, by the way, this, this functionality. Nice. Um, extensible through add-ins because we are not going to sell end-user software. The idea is that we solve the biggest problems, the common problem, and then anyone can come here and create applications on top of it. And then we are not the sellers. We are not competing against Autodesk or other companies. We are making the technology so that anyone can come, like a video game engine, create their solutions and compete with high quality BIM software or use it internally for your company, internal processes and so on. Scalable infrastructure, of course, including a model database and everything regarding authentication, authorization and so on. Version control system that allows to compare multiple versions of the same model, export change logs, extract analytics and so on. Multi-platform, which means compatible with desktop and mobile. Open source, 100% open source. 
and also including a client application with, with data and statistics. And one thing that I usually show whenever I talk about this, I usually show what they have in Mapbox because it's, so, it's something that's going to be very similar in Mapbox, which is a GIS service. I have an account, I can go here. I mean, this is a tool to create 3D GIS applications and embed them on your web applications. So mm -hmm. here I have my authentication keys, here I have my usage statistics, and all of this is what Twin will have. We'll have, a, let's say, um, a page where we will have all the data of usage and the authorization and so on. And the thing is that we don't want just to have usage statistics, we want to have analytics of what do the users do inside the building. Like when you open the main building, what do you do? Do you navigate? Do you go there? You go Because of course, this is not just for engineering firms. This is also for companies that are building end user products and probably they want to have information of what the user does inside their applications, right? Mm -hmm. And before coming here, another thing that I usually show with Mapbox because it's very illustrative, Mapbox in the end, it's, it's this, it's you create a basic HTML, you pass your data, like authentication data and so on, and you have a super efficient GIS 3D viewer that you can navigate. And they take care of everything. They, they take care of creating geometry, deleting geometry, and they let you navigate around so that you can worry about, I mean, this is nothing. This is just one, it's, it's written this way to, in, to improve readability, but in the end, it's just one line of JavaScript to invoke this thing that you can embed in your application. So mm -hmm. Twin will be exactly this, but not, not just for GIS, but also for BIM and allowing everyone to build BIM tools on top of it. So regarding the availability, we were thinking of three options, classic SaaS or PaaS, platform as a service, like Mapbox, you log in, you get your keys, whatever, and then you can already start creating something super cool in seconds. Option two, on-premise, because it's open source, you are able to get the code, create your own instance and use it for free without any limitation. Here, the limitation is that if tomorrow we get an update, you need to have the knowledge to get the update, update your application and so on. But I mean, it's completely free to use it. And some of the companies that applied are public institutions. They need to deployed on their machines, but they don't have the knowledge nor the will to maintain it. So this will also offer a delegated maintenance service that allows you know, you have Twin on your computer, but you don't have to worry about anything. There's a guy or a team of people making it work 20 hours a day. Regarding the roadmap, the idea is to create this alternative to Forge within six months, starting in January. So as I told you, November has been for interviewing. We will announce the selected companies very soon. This is where we are right now. And then we will sit down with them and sign a contract where we commit to have what features in what dates and so on and assemble the team that probably will have like approximately eight people. If you go to the block with the company selection, the timeline is not right, right? Because you will not have, right? Like in how many days will we know the name of the companies? Uh, Before Christmas soon, or something like soon, that? Soon, soon, <laughs> yeah, yeah, soon, soon, soon. Yeah, yeah, no, actually they, soon. The answer to that question is very, very soon. Okay. But not <laughs> today. On. Go on. Yeah, yeah, sure, uh, no problem. I'm not trying then, to 3K into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then in January, the development will start and the idea is to go from more difficult to less difficult. So we will solve first the most critical parts of the system and then just the things that are easy. I, we are cheating because 
I already told you that BIMTIS is almost done, so we are going to start with the most difficult thing already solved. But yeah, this is something that makes us confident about this roadmap. Then, That's good. in this first phase of development, we will go with infrastructure, including the database, authentication, authorization, and so on, version control, and front-end, and all the front-end designs. Then, in March, we will make a second phase of development, including the client application with analytics and, and the connection with everything, all the adding extensibility system, and the 3D viewport. And here we will make a first beta testing workshop. We will set up a continuous communication channel where the 10 companies are going to be able to see in real time what development has been done and they can test it in real time. But some of the companies, as I told you, are very, very, very big. And we are aware that for those companies, maybe being active is not something that they can do on a daily basis. So in these workshops, we're really asking them to sit down with us, go through the user stories and somehow give us written feedback. We will make them really test everything and give their opinion. Although, I mean, being proactive is one or has been one of the most important criteria for selection, but yeah. Then in April, we will make a second workshop. By the way, maybe one of these workshops is in person. We still need to decide, but yep. Okay. And in May, there will be a last workshop and this last development phase will start, which will include basically fixing the bugs that remain and polishing whatever needs to be polished with the idea of publishing this in July, 2023. So the idea that we have or what we are offering the companies that we select is Twin for free, forever, free of charge. Decision-making power in the project, they will have a strong say. We assume that all the companies are building something. And the idea is that this first version of Twin will solve whatever they are building. One year of support, because we assume that after this development, they will take Twin, bring it to their end users, and then they will have feedback or more ideas, more things. We really want to work together with them this year and make sure that they succeed using Twin. Open door to further collaborations. As you see, we have big plans, not just regarding Twin, but also regarding the community. And mm -hmm. this will likely become the biggest web-based BIM software community of all the industry. So chances are that we will have more projects, more initiatives. And of course, we always like to work with the same people because we know them, there's trust and so on. And that means that the 10 companies are on the top of our list when we need to collaborate. And visibility, of course, we will make everything possible to make whatever they are building super visible. And in exchange, we are asking for two things, or we have asked for two things, $10,000 each, so that we can finance the team of eight people that are going to build this product in six months. And most importantly, involvement. We already have this money. We are not making this for the money. We are just asking for this because a company is not willing to make this. He won't be willing to sit down with us every week to review everything and so on. And- Makes sense. Yeah, and the involvement in the project because yes, what we want is not just, you know, hey, take the money and we'll talk again in July. Feedback. It's more about, yeah, yeah. It's more about people that complain a lot on a daily basis in a good way, of course, and say, I want this, I want that. Can you please make this for me? I'm very happy with this. I hate that. Because I think that one of the biggest critiques against the big guys is that they don't listen. We are making the opposite here. We are going to build something. And the very first thing that we will do instead of building it and then try to make people use it. We will listen from the very first time throughout the whole process and until the, the end. And yeah, this is it. This is the presentation that we made to the companies. So probably now you have a couple of questions or 
You no, want me I to? don't have any questions. <laughs> I, just, I just want to know the goddamn names. <laughs> no, come on, I'm kidding. Very soon, very soon. Yeah, yeah. I won't make any spoilers. I'm the kind of mm -hmm. person that loves making spoilers and I have to contain myself. Yeah, but yeah. yes, there, there are two <laughs> other big announcements coming. And I'd say that they are even bigger than, than this one. So, yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to see the data. I'm waiting eagerly for that. I've seen the roadmap. Is this available for everyone? Can yeah, yeah I, can, I can send you the, I can send you the link. On GitHub, right? And I can put it in the description of the video. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can tell you about how the interviews went. I can tell you that many of the companies, here you have it. Of course, there was a bit of everything, but there were two main reasons why the companies were there. Reason number one, because they want to create solutions the same way that they would do with Forge, but for some reasons, they rather not do it with Forge and they rather do it with open technology, right? That's very good, very encouraging. That's one thing. And another thing that I think is even more interesting is that many of the companies that talk to us, if you ask them, why are you here? They will tell you, I'm here because I pay a lot of money in licenses. But really, I believe money is not the real reason. The real reason is because they see that the beginning software industry is very, very profitable. And especially now that we are getting into the world of digital twins and and that the money that of the BIM software in construction and in architecture and design is nothing compared to the money that lies on building maintenance, operations, refurbishments, and so on. And everybody sees that, even companies that are not traditionally software companies, and they see how they are missing an opportunity that until now has been, let's say, reserved for a reduced amount of players. Mm. And I think it's very good that, of course, this is just my opinion, but I think that the best thing that can happen in our market is that we have more players because more and more players mean more competition, means more innovation, more ideas, more voices on the table. So yeah, many of the companies are here because they strategically want to get serious about BIM software development. And they think that we can, we can be the trampoline. Do you see that in English? The trampoline. The launching pad. Yeah, yeah. In order to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh man, I'm so excited. I, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, this is uh, getting really crazy. I'm really looking forward to find out the other details by the end of this year. And uh, yeah, looks like the, the next year is going to be a, a bright year for, um, for IFCJS and for the um, open source. No, yeah, absolutely. For um, construction. Of, of, of course, we are just... This is just, I mean, I think that the beauty of this moment is that everyone can speak out loud and everyone can try to make a point like, okay, I think this is what we need and do it. This software is so easy and it's getting even easier than every, that is something that anyone can do. Mm -hmm. Like in the industrial revolution, right? Like these guys making inventions and in the end, some of them were really changed the, how we live. And I think that the vision that we have right now is open source is so good that we can make a very, very profitable business, not only for us, but also for other people and other companies on top of open source or based on open source. You know, many times people ask themselves, why don't whatever do more open source? And the response is because their business won't be more profitable if they do more open source. 
So we think that we can make a a business whose revenue is directly proportional to the amount of open source software that we have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's an interesting way. And also teaming up. We always talk about silos. I think that teaming up even with companies that are not traditionally software companies but want to get in it's a more interesting approach rather than you know i wish that we live in a world where i make an open source library and suddenly that library makes the world better and suddenly that that makes a huge change but i think that that is very that is at least something that i cannot control so we are trying to get some control over the process of democratizing Mm -hmm. the technology That makes sense, you know, actually, I think that's a really uh, big advantage of involving people that actually are interested in using these tools afterwards, you know, and I think that's already happening, but it's not so open and not everyone benefits from this is a much more closed environment, like existing tools are developing in the direction dictated by their biggest contributors. You know, I'm not talking about uh, Revit and Autodesk, I talk about other I won't give names, but other platforms, like this is how they develop their features and so on, right? Based on the feedback they get from the biggest user base, right? But this is something different because you have many more people, maybe with the same goals, all of them want to make money and at the same time willing to come to the table and uh, try to collaborate, to uh, contribute and to get something that can have a real huge impact for everyone, not only for them. Yeah, and I think that in the end, Again, just my personal opinion. I'm not trying to impose my opinion. I think that the beauty lies on everyone having a different opinion. But I think that it's more interesting to create an open source common base and then allow everyone to build products, even if they are not open source. Can you imagine how would it be convincing all the video game industry to make open source? Like not only the video game engines, but every video game needs to be open source. Do you see that as realistic? Probably no, simply because in the end, a company needs something that differentiates them from other companies, right? But still, even if not everything is open source, creating a video game is dead easy in comparison to creating a Beam application. Mm -hmm. So that's the vision we are pushing. We are trying to somehow end up in a similar situation where Mm -hmm. everyone can play the game and it's up to everyone to decide whether they want to be open source or not. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. think that's that that's real freedom. Yeah, that's true. I'm very excited, as I said, and I'm really looking forward to this, Antonio. I'm looking forward to our next video as well. So I really hope you enjoy this. And uh, yeah, let's rock. Go open source. Yeah, yeah let's see. If, <laughs> let, thanks, thanks. Let, let's see if I if I'm able to make it alive because it's so much work. But there is no yeah, yeah, if, no, thank you. There is no if. This is just going to happen. You have no choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. There's no, I, I can only run forward. I cannot run, run back anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of that. Thank you very much for the update. Keep up the good work and I'll hear from you when we have more interesting stuff to share with everyone. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot for the invitation. As usual, Petru, it was a pleasure for me and talk to you soon.